you and I are very mobile people. We used to have a senior ministry here years ago, part-time director of it. One day he came in and to talk to me, he was very frustrated. I said, well, what's going on? He said, it's these senior minister, uh, these senior believers that I'm dealing with. I said, what's the problem? He said, I can't keep up with them. He said, we schedule events for them and very few come because they're so busy. They're gone here. They're gone there. They're gone to other places. Well, we are a mobile society. But there is a principle that we have not overcome yet. And I don't think we will until we go and be with the Lord. That is this. We can only be in one place at one time. And every one of us proved that principle today already. You left somewhere before you came here. And tomorrow you'll leave someplace and perhaps go somewhere else. And throughout our entire life, we engage that principle of being in one place at one time. Now that not only is true physically, but it's true spiritually as well. So my big idea today for this message is, we must leave here to get there. If you want to be somewhere in God, that is if you want to grow spiritually and make progress in your walk with God, you have to leave where you are. Today we're going to look at some passages in the Bible to kind of enforce that or empower that idea. That you and I cannot stay where we are and be where God wants us at the same time. Now, God can be everywhere at the same time because He's God. But we've discovered we're not, and we have a limitation not only to the law of gravity, but to the law or the principle of the now, living where we are now. So we want to learn how to move from here to there. In the book of Genesis, chapter 2 and verse 24, God said to Adam, or he was stated about that, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So before they can be some joining, there has to be some leaving. Now it was specifically said a man, but personally I believe it means a woman as well. In other words, they have to leave their parents emotionally from the same type of setting they had as being single and now move to where they need to be to be joined to their spouse. That is a biblical principle as well. Now, let's see it even more clearly in the book of Genesis chapter 12. This is what God said to Abram. Now, the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Stop there a moment. He tells him to leave his father, his mother, his brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, all of those people. Leave your family, your father's house, and go to a land that I'll show you. At this point, he didn't tell him where that was. Personally, if God's sending me on a trip, I want to know where I'm going. 
I'd like to know a general idea how long I'm going to stay. I'd kind of like a little information about what all he's expecting out of me. He did give Abram that much information. He said, I want you to leave. I want you to go. And I'll tell you when you get there. That's why this life is called a walk of faith. By faith, Abraham was able to do that. He had to have faith to step out and obey God. Some of us are held back because we're lacking in that department, perhaps. Not having the faith to step out and obey what God says. Abraham did it. And I will show you that land. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. Make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Father Abraham. He's the father of the faith. He's the only person that I know that three major religions in the world look to him as their father. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. All look to this man as the originator of their religious belief system. And those three are quite different. But God said, you have to leave Abraham. You cannot fulfill the promise, the plan I have through you and your descendants and your seed, singular, Jesus, until you leave your father's house. And go where I will show you to go. That is a principle, folks, that is inherent in human beings. You have to leave where you are to get where God wants you to be. Now, it's true physically. It's true mentally. It's true spiritually. It's true on all levels of our existence. You have to leave to get there. You can't get there until you leave here. Simple, but difficult. It's simple, very simple. But it's difficult in lots of ways. For those of you that haven't been here for 30 years, I want to bring you up about a little history here, personal history. A number of years ago, I was extremely heavy physically. Fat, in other words. I was about 65 pounds heavier than I am today. I suffered about four or five sinus headaches every week. I didn't have much energy. I wasn't sick in a major sort of way. I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, you know, I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be in better shape. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to do all of that. And I even said I was going to do that, but I didn't. That's why I no longer believe in making New Year's resolutions. They aren't worth the paper you write them down on without a quality decision. All right? A quality decision is a decision you make that you keep. Okay? So... I wanted to to do that. I even went out and joined the gym, but seldom went. But you know, it just kept, I just wanted to, I just wanted to. Desire won't do this, folks. Desire.
desire won't do it. You got to make a decision and you got to step out and do it. So I finally got to the point that I said, okay, I'm going to change the way I eat. I'm going to change the fact that I am actually going to the exercise place three, four, five times a week. Now that was a sacrifice. You know why? Because I like sweet things. I bet somebody here beside me. I like to eat a lot of things that weren't good. They weren't actually food. They were just certain objects full of calories that didn't build your body. It took from your body more than you got when you ate that substance. So I knew I had to stop that. I knew I had to exercise. I knew I had to change my entire thinking about certain things. And I knew enough going into this that I knew it's going to cost me something. It did. Cost me a whole lot of changes that I had to make. Okay? Now, I've discovered I still don't like to exercise. I almost hate it. I almost hate it. But I still run and walk about 40 miles a week. But you know what? I like the benefits of it. In fact, I like the benefits so much, it's easy to sacrifice and go do it. Even though I don't like doing it. I like what I know is going to happen if I'll be consistent in the doing of it. If you want to move from here to there, you're going to have to step out in faith and believe. You're going to have to act, make a quality decision. And let me suggest something else. For people that are having marital problems, this principle applies. If you want a better marriage, you're going to have to make a quality decision. Both people are. Now, you quit, quit laughing and saying amen now when I'm getting good. <laughs> Both of you are going to have to make some quality decisions. We made, we said, I do, and you better does. You know, you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to believe that you can make some improvements, that life will be better to get from here to where you need to be in your marriage. A man shall leave, he shall be joined, they shall become one flesh. Now, when the Israelites were down in Egypt for about 430 years, they sent a man. God sent a man down there, Moses, and sent him with a message to the the people of Israel. He said to him, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment." I will take you as my people. I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. Notice, Moses went with the word of the Lord. He said, God says, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. But I'm bringing you out of here. Now, The Israelites had been in bondage, like I said, 430 years or so. That generation only knew 
how they were raised. At that point, they weren't living 800, 900, 700, 600, 500, or even 400 years. That day had already passed. That generation that was alive when Moses went down knew nothing about what God was wanting out of them. A better life. They were born in slavery. They had been slaves all their lives for just for 430 years. The Israelites had been. So they knew nothing better. But you know, they wanted something better. They wanted something better. They wanted to get out of Egypt. But when Moses first came, I'm sure their eyeballs were big and their ears were thinking. You know, when they were hearing this, oh my, how can this be? We've spent all our life this way. Do you know, sometimes you and I get that same mentality. Well, it's always been this way, so I guess it'll always be this way. What's it going to take? It's going to take faith to believe something that is a promise that you know nothing about. You're going to have to have a faith in an all-knowing God, an all-supreme God, Jehovah, who is capable of fulfilling His Word to change from where you are to where you need to be. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 23, Moses writing about this years later said, Then He brought us out from there that He might bring us in to give us the land of which He swore to our fathers. He brought them out of Egypt to bring them into. Know this, when you're making spiritual progress... God has something in mind. He's taking you somewhere. He's taking you from here to there. He's taking you from being an impotent, immature Christian to one who's filled with the presence and power of God who can do the will of God. And that's His plan for every Christian. Not just for people that are up here on the stage. That's his plan for every believer. He wants to take us from here to here. He's got something in mind. He's got a plan. Even God spoke to the, to the Israelites in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not evil. They're plans to prosper you and give you hope in a future. They were in bondage when... He said that when he prophesied that to him. God had a plan. God has a plan. Paul in the New Testament, he wrote to the churches and he said, I want you to know all the will of God. And that's what God wants for us. We should not live our lives never knowing what God's will is. If we do, we're going to be running around in circles like the Israelites going around the mountain again for 40 years. And folks, that's no fun. You can go around the mountain all you want to. But you know, God could have led the Israelites from Egypt, through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, into the land of promise in a matter of weeks. But it took them 40 years. You know why? Because they weren't willing to obey and believe and act in faith. So one of the first things it's going to take to leave where you are, it's going to take faith. What's faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know, hope by itself, if it's never acted upon, won't get you much. Won't get you much. 
Oh, I hope that one day, well, you, when that one day gets here, you'll still be sitting there hoping for one day. Hope won't get it, but faith will. But faith is built on hope. It starts with a seed of hope, a seed of expectation, and you baptize yourself, your understanding with the Word of God, to pretty soon that hope now has grown into faith, and faith, when acted in faith, accomplishes what it has the potential to do. So if you want to leave where you are, you've got to have faith. Moses, Hebrews 11. Choosing rather to t- suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he looked to the reward by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, Moses was able to do it. He left, he went down, took him a while to convince them. God did some judgments on the uh, Egyptians, but he got them out and then spent 40 years with them, which could have been done in about six weeks. Took them 40 years to get there. You know why? Because when they got out of Egypt, they didn't leave Egypt behind. They still had an Egyptian slave mentality. That's what they had. That's why it took them 40 years. And God's punishment and God's discipline had to appear among the Israelites in ways that never should have happened. Lots of things happened in those 40 years. A lot of the older people died off, except a few. Joshua and Caleb being two of the more important ones at the time. Finally, they get to the Jordan. God miraculously delivered them from Egypt through the Red Sea. Miracle there. Moved on finally. He did miracle after miracle for them, even in the the wilderness. Shoes didn't wear out, clothes didn't wear out, fed them with angel food, manna. Had water provided for them. All their basic necessities, everything they needed was there. But they still were thinking like they thought in Egypt. You know, I've discovered something. That's still some of our problems. We say it and a lot of times we sing it. Well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. That sounds just about as bad as my singing. You used to be a sinner. You were definitely saved by grace. But once you have been, you no longer are a sinner. You left Egypt and moved into the land of promise. I believe it's Colossians 1.13 says, We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. See, that's where we are. We're living in the land of promises today. We got to quit thinking like Egyptians think. That means lost people. A lost mentality. You have to, what we're told this, it's very explicit in scripture. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I think it's, what is it, Ephesians 4.23, maybe it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. They left Egypt. They were headed to the promised land. Spent 40 years, a lot of times in rebellion. But they didn't need to because they still thought that way. Oh, I'm just such a worm. I don't know why God loves other people and doesn't love me. I can't do anything right. I've had that said so many times in my office. I want to reach across the table and lay hands suddenly on them. right around the throat and pick them up and shake them and ask them how long have you sat in the pews in this church and heard it preached you got to renew your mind you're not a worm you're a child of God I said that one time to one fellow and he said wait a minute I know what you're going to say pastor but three times in the Bible people said they were a worm I said, yeah, what covenant was that under? It's in the old covenant. They didn't have the relationship with Father God that you've got. So quit acting like that. You're not a worm. You're a child of God. You're a child of the King. You have the very life and nature of God living on the inside of you. See? That thinking is Egyptian thinking, not kingdom, promised land thinking. We have to renew our thinking by the word of God. Another thing it's going to take beside faith, it's going to take obedience. Oh, I've got the faith to move mountains. Yes, I'm full of power. Yes, but we never obey. The, I've seen a few miracles over the years. But the ones that I have seen, it required not only faith, it required obedience. Somebody had to obey God. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, somebody had to obey for God to be enabled to release the miracle that He wanted to do. You know why? Because God uses people lots of times. Now, can God do anything on His own? Absolutely, He sure can. He can do anything He wants to do. He's God. But he wants to use his people to help him extend his kingdom. And it takes faith on our part. Secondly, it takes obedience. There's an old hymn of the church that says, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. And that's true. You've got to trust or believe God and obey. You know what Jesus gave to the disciples, his last commission was, Go therefore and make disciples Teaching them to obey all things that I have taught you. I have commanded you. Go and make disciples. Who in turn make disciples. And while you're making disciples. Teach them what I've commanded you. What is to obey. Teach them to obey. That's a good way to tell the difference between a convert and a disciple. All converts are born again. If they're converted, they're born again. That's what got them 
born again is their conversion experience. So all converts are believers, but not all believers are disciples. In the sense that they're not outdoing what they've been instructed or taught to do. That means they're not obeying the word of God. Teach them, train them to obey all things that I've told you or I commended you to do. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's for us today. Through the new birth, we left Egypt. Translated into the kingdom of God. But it still requires obedience on us. Now, if God tells you to do something and you don't do it, I'm not saying you lost your salvation and all of that. I'm not saying that at all. You just missed God. You just didn't obey God. Now, God has got a ways and means committee. His name is the Holy Spirit. He knows where to find you when you goof up. And that's good news, folks. That's good news. He does. He knows where to find you, and He will send His Word to correct you. Sometimes He'll send a prophet who'll read your mail for you. Sometimes you can be reading a scripture and all along something jumps off the pages and just slaps you upside the head. Wow. Oh, yes, sir, Lord. I got that one. And he can, he can minister in lots of ways. But you know what he really wants us to do to start with? He wouldn't have to use other methods if you, we, you and I just simply obeyed. If we just simply obeyed, he wouldn't have to send the Ways and Means Committee after you. The Holy Spirit has been called the hound of heaven. The hound of heaven, meaning he don't quit. He'll find you wherever you are. And he will reprimand. He will rebuke. He will correct in righteousness. And then there are some occasions, very few, but there are some occasions where If we continue to be so rebellious, so disobedient, God would simply lift His hand of anointing off of you temporarily and let you suffer the results of your bad choices. I've had some of those. That's why I know they're real. But after having some of those, I don't want no more of those. And... It's unnecessary to have those moments if we just obey what he says. Third thing it's going to take for us, and I've already hit this one lightly, we're going to have to renew our mind. We're going to have to think differently. Don't make a New Year's resolution to God. He doesn't believe in them either. But he believes his word. And his plan that he's made for your and my life. He's made some that are absolutely mind-blowing. You know, if God were to show us all of the things that he's got prepared for us, we wouldn't want to live on this planet anymore. We'd want to, let's get out of here. Let's get 
let's get on with that. But God has got us down here for a plan and a purpose to advance His kingdom until He gets it done. He works through people. See, Scripture says we're workers together with Him. We're workers together with Him to advance His kingdom. Hebrews 12, 2. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us and run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So there are some things we need to lay aside. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. See, a believer can sin, but he's not characterized by it. Let me say that again. I said a believer may sin, but he shouldn't be characterized by it. Because if the Holy Spirit convicts him of it, immediately he turns from it, which is repentance, and continues onward. A sinner is characterized by sin. We even have names for it. Murderer. Well, why would you call a person a murderer? Because he murdered somebody. We, we know... Sinners by certain titles and certain names. But children of God, no, he may sin. And if you sin, Scripture says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And he is a propitiation for our sin and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. So see, we're not characterized by our sin. We're characterized by his righteousness as children of God. That's what we're characterized by. 2 Peter 3.18 Grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to grow. We've got to leave here to get there. We're going to grow in grace and knowledge. We have to leave here to get there. Can't do those things and stay in the same place. Can't happen. Or we'll still be saved. We'll still be saved. I've known of individuals who live 50, 60 years perhaps even longer after they got born again, but didn't grow hardly any at all. And so when they left this world, I think they went to heaven, but they were immature. I have a friend of mine who used to say, if you don't grow down here, you're going to have to go to school when you get to heaven. I don't know about that. I think that may be his personal opinion. But... Sometimes that fits us. You know, God has a plan. God has a purpose. He's trying to grow us. He's trying to teach us. He's trying to get us, uh, our hearts to understand and hear the voice of the Spirit of God so that we can obey, so that we can do, so that we can accomplish something in His kingdom. But it's going to require faith. It's going to require obedience. It's going to require renewing the mind. And as we do those things, we'll find we've left here And we've gotten to here. Have you ever looked back on your life, taken a little bit of inventory, look back and say, well, I'm not in the same shape I was in X amount of years ago. 
I can see I've made some progress. You ever been there? I bet all of us have been at some time or other. And that's good. That's the way it ought to be. A fellow came up to me one time about a year or so back and complimented my teaching one Sunday. And he said, I think that's the best I've ever heard you. I said, well, it's not my best one. He said, oh, it isn't? What is it? I said, I don't know, but it's yet to be. It's yet to be. I got one better than that eventually. That's what I'm believing. I got something better than this. That may have been okay, but there's something better. And I want that. That's where hunger comes in. I want what God's got. We want what God's got. This church wants what God's got. We need to step up a few steps. We need to be more empowered than we have been. Thank God for what God's done. But you can't live in the past. You've got to live today, headed for the future. Okay? But you've got to leave here if you're going to get there. Father, I thank you that you're challenging our hearts today to be grateful for what you've done and are doing. But Lord, not to be satisfied to stay here, but to reach forward, as Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forward to those things that are before, that we press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that we in New Life Church would have that same heartbeat to forget the past, move forward to the future and what you've got. Father, I thank you for it. And I praise you for it.